Good afternoon and welcome to Lambda Weekly. I'm Dave Taffet. I'm here in the studio with Laurent Landis and the late Patty Fink. And our guests today are Carter Brown and Cosette. Cosery. <laughs> you know, you were so busy mispronouncing your name before the show uh, that I, because otherwise I would have gotten it. Uh, Carter and Cosette are with black trans men and black trans women. Do you have one overall name? The Black Trans Advocacy Coalition. And we'll be talking about their conferences coming up and what they do. Welcome. Welcome. Thank yeah. you for welcomening us. It's been a long... Cosery is... Because uh, that is a, a regular. <laughs> but uh, Carter has been a well, while. It's been some years since you've yeah, been on. Yeah, it's been some years. I'm glad to be back. Yeah. Before we start, I knew I had something that I wanted to mention. It is Pledge Drive. So give us a call, 972-647-1893. That's 972-647-1893. This is our 158th Pledge Drive show? Something like that. We've oh, had wow. a few. Oh, wow. Sure. Who's, who's counting? <laughs> David's trying to. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, easier way to make a pledge, though, is to just go online to knon.org and hit the Pledge Now button, and you can see all the pledge premiums. They'll come up uh, on that page, so that's always easier. 972-647-1893. Jeremy's are standing by. And awaiting your call. And awaiting your call. Oh. Um, why don't we go into this, and then we'll, we're going to break a couple of times for Pledge Drive. Um, tell us, first of all, about your conference that's coming up. All right. So we have our 10th annual Black Trans Advocacy Coalition Conference coming up April 25th through the 30th. And it's going to be hosted by the Doubletree Hilton Hotel by the Galleria. And that's here at uh, 4099 Valley View Lane, not far from where we are now. And we're super excited. Uh, the theme this year is defining a decade. Uh, although we've been in operation well over 10 years, this is, first of all, can we get a round of applause for that? Yes, yeah, yeah. 10 years yeah. is amazing. So, yeah, that's absolutely outstanding because we are uh, the first and longest running black trans-led organization. And so to have sustained well over a decade and still be taking a, a leading a leadership uh, position in the movement for trans rights is absolutely remarkable. Um, and so that's another reason that we're super excited to have this 10-year conference with the theme being defining a decade, honoring our past, and advocating for our futures. To, uh, can you talk a little bit about what has the growth been like? As far as just members. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So when we reflect on our very first conference was in 2012. And mm -hmm. I believe David was there at our very first conference. Oh, yeah. And, if not uh, the first one, the second. The second in 2013 at the Marriott, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know you came on the air about it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Way yeah. back yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Ages ago, decade yeah. ago. Yeah. I I, uh, I was actually looking at the very first Dallas Voice that featured me in the article that uh, good old Tammy Nash wrote. And I remember being so nervous when she contacted me and wanted to do an interview because, again, you know, I don't know if many how many people have heard my story, but I was living stealth for a very long time, meaning that I hadn't disclosed to everybody that I was transgender, even though I'd started this advocacy organization. So I was like 
this is going to kick the doors open. I'm officially out when I do this. And, you know, I'm officially committed um, to this mission of advocacy. And so, you know, that really was a catapult in a lot of ways um, to our growth. Um, to in where we are now. So at our very first conference, we had about 75 people there. Mm -hmm. um, at our last conference we had in 2019, we had over 400, and we're hoping to, you know, close to double those numbers this year. That is some serious growth. Absolutely. Now, are, there, are most of the members or most of the people that attend, are they all from the Dallas-Forward area or all around? Yeah, our members, our members and attendees of the conference come from all around. Um, the primarily there are in eleven states, um, mostly on the west coast and in the south. Um, and you know, this is a place that people migrate to as sort of a mecca for us as Black trans and non-binary people. Even though the LGBTQ community is great, there's not a lot of spaces that are trans-centered for us to both. Uh, you know, share information, get resources and tools for advocacy, and even just have that community building moment. Um, nonetheless, to be able to share in an experience like that for a full five days um, is something that people look forward to all year long. You so, know, oh, go ahead. I was just going to ask. So, so are most of your attendees, and and you have hundreds of them now. Hopefully, many more hundreds. Um, are they are they primarily black and trans? Or do you have folks who are non-binary, folks of, of, you know, all backgrounds and races and, and uh, what kind of people attend? Everybody attends the Black Trans Advocacy Conference. Now, we are centered on the lives of black trans people. That's where our advocacy is focused and is rooted, um, again, in empowering the community that also is reflected in our leadership. Um, however, we know that we can't do it alone, and a large part of our growth has been allyship and creating community collaborations with other organizations, um, because as we all know, it takes uh, all of us in order to really make positive change and an impact. And so our allies are uh, a large part of the conference. Uh, parents are a large part of the conference. Spouses of trans people are also a large part of the conference. So again, there's space um, and there's community for everybody. At and then just assorted people like me. Um, you know, I, I wasn't sure what kind of reception I was going to get in uh, some of the workshops that I went to, just because they were talking about very personal things. But within a few minutes, it was like, oh, yeah, but it's just David. <laughs> <laughs> you get that a lot, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> but especially at this conference. And I can talk about the growth from, like, a different perspective as an ally to the trans community. My first conference was also in 2013, and I think that was the first year y'all had done black trans men and black trans women mm -hmm. as primary programming. And then my next conference in 2014, you added a non-binary, the Empower Them mm -hmm. um, sessions, and then... The next year it was like anchors were invited and these are our spouses and our support systems for our trans individuals and their their partners and then the next year i noticed there was a golden flame program for the senior citizens and i was like man this is really cool watching the conference grow from a perspective of like oh this identity is part of our group how can we offer them resources and so the exciting thing about this conference is we're now going to be offering a parent track and wow. so this is going to be a track for both trans people who are parents 
and parents of trans youth. Mm -hmm. And we're partnering with HRC's parent, uh, Transparent Council uh, to kind of bring this programming uh, to be available this year. And so it's really kind of exciting to watch the programming grow. Mm -hmm. I think y'all also added one year, like y'all started the pageant system that wasn't part of the first year programming. So like, it's really cool to see everything evolve over time. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the parents uh, tract because I don't know if you've noticed, but there have been some anti-trans and anti-trans parents uh, legislation that's been introduced, like, um, everywhere. Mm -hmm. Especially in Texas. Especially in Texas. You know, you're saying especially in Texas, especially in Florida, especially in South Dakota, especially in Missouri, especially. True. True. What's going on with that? Why does everybody hate you? (laughs) Wow. Tell me about it. Now that that's a very strong that's a very strong question. Why does everybody hate us? Um, or you know more so why are the why is there so much anti-trans legislation? And it's because the trans community is is the picture of liberation and self freedom um, that we so do not want to dismantle um, traditional you know uh, ways of Western world. And so, you know, the more that the trans community builds allies, the stronger they want to uh, build their ammunition against us. Now that we see that trans parents are stepping in, people that aren't trans um, are stepping in and saying what is right for humanity and what equality means for everyone. And it's not just the trans people. Again, there's strength in numbers and it takes all of us to make, uh, you know, real change. And so what's going on is they want to erase us, but Mm -hmm. we won't be erased, especially as we continue to build, you know, more allies um, in the fight and in the movement for trans rights, then we'll continue to push forward. You know, part of the the, uh, all these anti-trans bills that are being proposed around the uh, the country, um, it seems like they're geared towards mainly trans uh, trans women and trans girls. do you sometimes feel like trans men are left out of the conversation? Because it's like, <clears throat> of course, you know, the, the, the bathroom bill, that was all really focused towards trans mm-hmm. uh, women. Mm-hmm. Um, the sports issue, that's really fo- t- focused towards trans, trans girls. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like sometimes trans men are left out of this conversation? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, it's um, when I began the organization or, you know, when the organization was co-founded, that was largely a part of my platform to say that I as a black trans man and we as a black trans masculine community are often unseen and underserved in the fight for equality. And that's why I wanted to do my part and take a stand not only for visibility, but awareness of myself and others. Um, And here we are, you know, over a decade later, and this question is still proposed. So absolutely, we are uh, very much left out of the conversation. But that doesn't mean that we are silent or that we should uh, settle for being silent because we don't feel seen. Um, you know, it takes all of us, again, in order to make change. And I feel that although uh, trans women are primarily um, the, the focus of anti-trans bills and, and trans attacks, once we bring true liberation and justice for trans women, then that's going to free all of us. Mm-hmm. So I feel that my liberation is tied with trans women. So although there may not be a, a, a 
uh, visibility as in you always hear of a trans man when you hear of anti-trans bills or attacks. Although you may not hear that, know that I'm included in that in that you know lived journey or that walk. Absolutely. Well, yep. And speaking of, oh, I lost my segue. <laughs> I, I usually have terrible segues. Um, it is Pledge Drive here at KNON, and uh, we need our listeners to support us to keep Lambda Weekly on the air, at least through our 30th birthday. Absolutely. And, you know, there are a lot of organizations out there and nonprofits that, you know, ask ask their uh, supporters to uh, support them with, a, with you know, leaving stuff to them in their will. Well, um, we need your support now. <laughs> Today, um, that would be that would be fantastic so that we can ensure that we're there in your golden years. And the number to call is 972-647-1893. That's 972-647-1893. Jeremy's not taking a call right now, so he would love to hear from you, uh, unless you'd like to do the typing yourself. And we have fantastic premiums. We have T-shirts, hats, mugs, and lots of things. And the, um, the red hoodie, yeah, we have which they nice had to reorder hoodie. three times last pledge drive. It's been one of our most popular pledge items. The you red know, hoodie is for a $100 pledge. It is, and it's so worth it. It supports the show, it supports the station, and it supports your warmth. Erin has had one of these, and this is the second one she's gotten. She says it's the warmest thing she, she wears. Mm -hmm. And, um, well, it's included everywhere we go on trips and stuff. So give us a call, 972-647-1893. Or go online to pledge uh, on, on your computer at home, uh, knon.org, and hit the Pledge Now button. Uh, Laron. So you can also pledge by going on, uh, you can use the Cash App now. Um, if you have Cash App, just go to your phone and the, uh, <clears throat> you can make the pledge to dollar sign KNON Radio. That's dollar sign KNON Radio. All caps, no space in between KNON and Radio. Cash App pledges are not eligible for premiums right now. If you like um, your entire donation to go to KNON and want to pledge using your phone, send your donation to KNON on Cash App. Uh, be sure to note which DJ you'd like to support. And one of the things that we always say about KNON is that you're going to hear things on this station that you don't hear anywhere else. I'll bet with all of the anti-trans garbage that's going on in every legislature across the country, your national organization that you created uh, isn't on the air on every station across the country. Nope. Absolutely not. Yeah, and I think that's an interesting story, how you became a national organization when you meant to create a little Dallas group. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what was, what was the catalyst for you? For you to even start, because you know, you said you were stealth. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. could have just maybe come out to some friends and your 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 circle of uh, family and friends, and left mm -hmm. it at that. Maybe co-workers. What was the catalyst? Like, hey, I need to start an organization. Mm -hmm. Well, the uh, catalyst was I actually didn't have a community of trans people that I could come out to or connect with. I was sort of stealth by default because I didn't know any other trans people. Mm. And so when I, when I was confronted with discrimination because of being trans, having been outed um, in the workplace, 
I had no one to turn to on how to deal with that. Um, of course, I had the support of my wife and, you know, family members to the extent that they could give it. But I really needed somebody who could understand the journey. And um, so I just reached out via social media looking for other trans people. Um, and was so surprised, you know, what I did was create a, a, a one of the Facebook groups and it was for black trans men. I wanted to find some other brothers um, because it was a dual, um, I won't say a conflict, but it was a dual challenge for me um, after being outed and discriminated against for me to one, really find and own my transness um, and then also to find community to have that support. And so, you know, to, when I started the Facebook group, that was my intent. I just wanted other people like me to migrate to the group. And, you know, as David said, it just blew up. It was over, you know, m not big numbers now, but then it was almost 500 people in a, in a week joined the group. That's, and it that's blew a, my mind. Yeah, that's, a, that's still a lot. It's explosive growth. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I knew not one trans person before this, right? Wow. So um, there's ob an obvious need out there. Mm -hmm. And all of a Absolutely. sudden they're looking to you for advice. Right. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. You became a paternal role model. Uh, right. You didn't know you were going to be. <laughs> absolutely. I was just sort of propelled into the to the uh, leadership. And, you know, that's something that's been a challenge for me as well or um, growth for me as well over these 10 years, having been uh, catapulted into a leadership position while I'm also, you know, dealing with my own transness and coming into that and, um you know, raising a child, you know, the multiple things that I um, were, were, was needing a little bit of uh, support or even guidance on. Now, all of a sudden, I'm doing it on my own and others are looking to me as well. So that was another uh, phase of growth for me over these past 10 years. And See, what I like about the story is you were really just creating a local group. Mm -hmm. You wanted friends. You wanted right. people that you could talk to and relate to mm -hmm. and you were looking to affiliate with the national organization it didn't exist so uh, all of a sudden it was like well i guess we're it that's it that's it that's how we became a national organization just uh, making friendships with some of the guys who were located all over the u.s um and you know the shared passion and the kindred spirit of wanting to do something and advocacy for ourselves and so other guys would you know um opt to, you know, help create a chapter in their local state and start creating programming around support and community and advocacy and visibility. And, you know, that's pretty much how we took off and, and sort of became a pillar for the, for the uh, community. We need to take a break. You're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM. I'm Dave Taffet here in the studio with Laron Landis and the late Patty Fink. And we're talking with Carter Brown and Cosette Cosery from Black Trans Men, Black Trans Women, and the umbrella group Black Trans Advocacy. Did I get it right? We'll be back with more Lambda Weekly right after this. Hi, this is Candy Markham, and I listen to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM. Listen. And Candy will be our guest next week. Um, it is Pledge Drive here at KNON. And we do need some listeners to give us a call or go online and pledge. Um, Patty, you have... Um, I, I have the exciting thing. You can be an elite music sponsor here at KNON. And that's really um, such a great program. 
Um, and if you've never done it before, it's exciting because then you have year-round uh, things to participate in. So to be an Elite Music sponsor, you need to donate uh, $500. Uh, you can do that in a bank draft or a credit card so that you're only doing $42 a month. Um, or you can pay it in one lump sum. Um, and what it means is that you're, you and a guest are put on a list of tickets um, or attendance at every KNON event. And there's a lot of events throughout the year. There's about 40 events through the year. Uh, usually we're still building back up after COVID. But we're hoping that this year there will be 40 again. That would be that would be exciting. Mm-hmm. That would be really back in that game. But the exciting thing about it is it's live music. Most of these um, events involve food. Yes, um, great food, food and drink and fun places and and really fantastic music of every genre you can imagine. And um, and you just show up. You don't have to worry. Well, where do you have the tickets? No, you have the tickets. No, no. Your name's on the list. Yep. All you do is show up and wave yourself in. Yep. You and a guest, and you just go. Um, and Aaron and I did it one year, and it was, it was actually did it more than one year. And when you show up, it's just exciting to be able to walk in the door and not worry about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, have a great evening and go home, and then catch the next one and keep up with the Canoe calendar. And you've got lots of things uh, to enjoy throughout the year. So give us a call nine seven two six four seven one eight nine three, or go to KNON dot org and become a KNON Elite Music Sponsor. It's an exciting thing to be. Okay, so here's some not-so-good news. The last pledge drive, we didn't make our goal. Oh, no. Time before, we were way over, uh, but we did not make our goal. Our goal was $600. We took in $598.33. We missed it by (laughs) (laughs) $1.67. Let's hit it this time. (laughs) Let's hit it. (laughs) 972-647-1893. Uh, is our number, or uh, like everybody said, real easy to just go online to knon.org. We're talking to Carter Brown and Cosette Cosery from uh, Black Trans Advocacy. Um, Laurent. So, Carter, in the first segment, I know you talked about the uh, part of the success to the longevity of reaching this decade. Um, again, congratulations. It's allyship. And so we have Cosette here, who's an ally. Um, you know, I think we see more of it now, but I knew back when I first came out into the community, um, it seemed like there wasn't a lot of cross-support. Lesbians were pretty much at lesbian events. Gay guys were pretty much at gay, gay men events um, and so forth. Uh, but I, I, you're starting to see more of that cross-support. Um, what prompted you? Because you could have visited been like, you know, I support trans people or, or black trans people, but that's not my thing. I'm not going to get involved. What, 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 what got you involved? Um, so I've been a longtime supporter of black trans men, and we our first partnership was back when I was with um, Real Life Connection and Dallas Teen Pride, and they came to our first Teen Pride event and were one of our vendors, and so we started building a relationship then. And I want to say it was also that year that we participated in um, a collaborative effort to do Trans Day of Remembrance because we wanted to honor at the time um, some individuals, some trans youth who had commit, committed suicide as mm. part of Trans Day of uh, Remembrance and bringing more visibility to that aspect of um, that particular day. And so from time, like, we just started building a collaborative 
working relationship where like a lot of times people don't realize nonprofits need in-kind donations of space and so like black trans advocacy coalition had the space teen pride did not they offered their meeting rooms for us to be able to meet and collaborate and build some of our programming and so like having that support of other nonprofits who are also grassroots and growing is really beautiful and then when you start thinking about well what other ways can people do in-kind donations we've now started partnering with employee resource groups and so we're able to like not only get like maybe a donation from them or a sponsorship but we're able to have them come and volunteer their time with us to help us run our conference or establish like a working relationship like maybe we're partnering with a tech company and they want to donate computers for our employee resource track that we're doing and so it's it's kind of nice that we start building these relationships and so back in 2013 when we established that relationship like I worked a lot with Carter and Treshawn Pate and so I have a friendship too with these individuals and so over time we're now 10 years later and I carried that relationship when I was with HRC doing community engagement and like trying to build more trans inclusive programming. Um, I believe I was the one who set up the meeting that got Camarion hired at HRC. (laughs) 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 I mean, the world works in mysterious ways. (laughs) She's a headhunter. (laughs) But that's a great story about how you all offered the space. Mm-hmm. Um, you all happen to have the space. That's mm-hmm. the definition of community yeah. building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so like as uh, that relationship grew, like I started attending the conference. But I think that first year, we as Teen Pride were awarded one of your awards, mm-hmm. and we didn't really attend the conference because it was specifically for trans men at the time. Um, but then a few years later, when I was part working with the Human Rights Campaign, um, there were opportunities for. like diversity equity inclusion workshops and I was like I'm going to go and actually attend the conference I'm going to go to the workshops because the conference does provide space for trans people specifically and then when those workshops are going on because we want to have a safe space collaborative environment for them to bond and open up there are additional workshops going on for anchors and like supporters and when you say anchors who are you talking about? These are partners of our trans people attending the conference. Um, spouses, girlfriends, boyfriends, partners. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so as an ally, I was like, I'm going to go to this tokenization workshop. And I, I felt like being like a bi woman, I identify as queer, like, I was like, I I don't know that I like typically tokenize people, but I'm gonna go to this workshop and see what I learn. And so I remember going into that workshop and being blown away. And I was like, oh my God, I'm part of the problem. And so- explain, <laughs> what, what, what is a token workshop? What is that about? So the way this specific workshop was run was we walked into the room and they gave either you a red ticket or a blue ticket. There were two times as many red tickets as blue tickets. They divided the space, blue tickets on one side, red tickets on the other. They then had coordinators kind of like facilitating conversation. So you, d- you felt like you were part of the event. You didn't really realize what was going on. I was in the red group. And so they were, Carter was facilitating this conversation of like, hey, Cosette, welcome to our event. Would you like a glass of water? I was like, sure, I'll take some water. Then he would turn to someone else and be like, hey, Rachel, welcome to this event. 
how's the temperature in the room? Do you need a jacket? And then, like, the entire time, the blue group is over here with another facilitator, and they had not been asked for water. They had not been asked if the temperature was okay. But they still felt they were included in the event because the facilitator was talking to them. And that was the moment my mind was blown because I realized I'm the facilitator. I'm the one who always brings in the diversity into the space, thinking that I'm welcoming them into the space, but I'm not actually making sure they're receiving the resources. And in this workshop, the resources were water and temperature control, but like, I, my mind was just blown. And so I was like, well, how can I then improve my allyship to make sure that trans people are included? And so. My last thing, or actually the first thing I did when I left HRC was I contacted Black Tie Dinner because they had never had a trans-led organization as a beneficiary. And, and had never had a black And had never had a black organization as a beneficiary in 40 years. And so wow. I set out to have conversations with their board members and I was kind of relocated to their advocacy board or uh, they have kind of like um, a group that has previously served who that now gives them advice, advisory board. Um, and so we had some intense conversations and I was like, we can have these conversations all day, but until we invite these trans-led organizations into this space, this is useless. And they were like, well, what do you mean? And I, I'm going to set up a meeting. It'll probably be more than one meeting, but I'm going to reach out to all of the trans-led organizations in Dallas and see if they're interested in learning about your program and participating in your program or applying, because that was their excuse was, well, they're just not applying. Well, why aren't they applying? Why haven't we asked? And so I... Um, got the ball rolling, reached out to all seven trans-led organizations in the DFW, six were interested in participating, we started conversations, and at the end of those conversations, BTAC, Black Trans Advocacy Coalition, was interested in being a beneficiary. This past year, they were the first black-led organ LGBTQ organization and the first trans-led organization to be a beneficiary. And Yay. Black Tie Dinner still has a lot Finally. of growth. I'd love to see a Kuchling Award go to a trans member of our society. Um, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Wow. And that's, that's really great, too. I mean, and, the, you know, Black Tie has, I think, has struggled oftentimes with with uh, including being more inclusive. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes it is just one or two people. Um, yeah. But that's that's so exciting to hear that growth there. And you know who else well. is struggling? We are. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a segue. That's a segue. <laughs> Give us a call, 972-647-1893. Jeremy's are sitting by. A master class in segway 972-647-1893. Uh, yes, see, those are the kinds of stupid segues I'm known for. Uh, <laughs> We do need your support because it's your support that helps keep uh, individual shows on the air. And without your support, we'll be gone. And we don't want that to happen before our 40th birthday, which is, I think, July 30th is the actual date uh, um, this year. Or early, the first week of August. Yeah, I thought it was August, but either way. We have been on the air since KNON's been on the air. Mm -hmm. We're one of... I think believe I think it's six shows now. 
Something down to like six. Uh, original be, shows that are still on the air today. It might be actually lower because that was the number just before the pandemic. Mm. And I'm right. not sure if yeah. all six of those shows are still here. But we're here, and we'd love to have your support. 972-647-1893. That's 972-647-1893. We've regularly, over the years, had people call us and say... Our show has helped save their life. And our guests today are from a group called Black Trans Advocacy. And you have to have saved people's lives. Yeah, absolutely. I can say even for myself, you know, to a certain degree, just having community saved my life. You know, and it really um, gave me direction and being a part of such a strong movement um, with so many beautiful and, you know, dimensional people um, is is really rewarding um, and something that we love to celebrate. So, again, we're, we're super excited about BTAC uh, 23 coming in April 25th through the 30th. So make sure y'all save the day. Um, but really quickly, David, I just wanted to go back to um, before the break, we were talking to Kazette about allyship. And I wanted to highlight within that story just how strong and important allyship is and that it took Kazette, a non-trans person, um, to have those connections to speak directly to the BTD. It took her actual passion for humanity, as she stated, of all the of all the intersecting identities she has of her own, none are trans and none are black. But she's because she's going for uh, or moving for bringing equality to all. She used the connections that she had. She used the her voice. She used you know she was persistent, and this actually made a change again that. Uh, improved not only our visibility, but being a beneficiary means that we got thousands of dollars to support our program and help our sustainability and continue the work that we do. So um, I just wanted to reiterate, um, you know, allyship in the multiple ways that people can show up when they often feel that, you know, if there's nothing they can do other than donate. And we've talked recently uh, many times on this show um, I know when, when Reverend Dr. Steve Sprinkle was on, we were talking about this as well, um, the need for non-trans, non-black, non-non-binary um, advocates and, and um, allies to step up this legislative session because many trans parents are not going to be able to out themselves by going to the legislature and testifying because right. that means they'll get a CPS investigation or mm -hmm. some other horrible, um, you know, targeting um, about themselves and their and their child, and so um, we need to step up. There, if there are enough of us out here, um, we can do that advocacy and protect them from that experience and that, as we know where that experience would go. Um, so it's it's really important that we step up in ways that we have never stepped up really Absolutely. in the past. Do you know if there's going to be an advocacy day at the legislature on trans issues specifically? I'm not aware of any planned ones. Cause Ed, have you? It's still with? early in the session. Equality Texas has started planning something. I recently saw on Facebook. So typically they're in March. Mm -hmm. um, 
so if you follow Equality Texas, I believe they're also partnering with the TENT, the Transgender Education Network, um, and HRC National to typically what those days include are like meeting up, taking a bus all the way to Austin, mm -hmm. testifying, giving your, your testimonial, and then kind of building community in that group, showing up, showing support like a rally and then everyone kind of drives back to Dallas on those buses so mm -hmm. it is pledge drive here at KNON we need to take a break um, but it is pledge drive give us a call 972-647-1893 that's 972-647-1893 um, and you can also cash app it don't forget that uh, dollar sign KNON radio at cash app yeah give the whole information on that so you can one of the most common ways of paying things now is through Zelle, other um, apps. Um, but the most popular one is probably Cash App. So you can pay KNON or you're making donation now through Cash App. It's just dollar sign KNON Radio. That's dollar sign, all caps, no space in between KNON and Radio. Um, it doesn't, it, if you pay this way, you, uh, it doesn't come with a uh, premium right now. But we still appreciate the donation. Um, again, dollar sign KNON Radio. And as all of us here have proven, you can have enough KNON t-shirts, so if you don't need <laughs> a, another one to start your third drawer of KNON t-shirts. Oh, I'm way past three. Oh, you're past three? <laughs> oh, yeah. See, oh, yeah. I weeded well, some of the old ones out. Well, what I do now, I just, I just buy them for my daughter now. She loves wearing them. I don't really buy them for me anymore because I have so many. Well, you know, and you go from, you wear them out and about, and you get the KNON knot or the wave. Yep, yep. And I've, I've gotten the little honk in traffic mm -hmm. and, you know, those sorts of things. So KNON listeners are, are bonded. <laughs> We've are. got this community. So um, give us a call, 972-647-1893 or KNON.org. And we need to take a quick break. Uh, it is Pledge Drive here on KNON. Um, Patty, you were talking about the um, uh, Elite uh, Music Sponsor, Elite music sponsor uh, which is $500. And you're talking about just going to the events, and these events mostly have food. You go to two or three of them, it's paid for itself. Oh, easily. I mean, listen to the Mardi We were just talking about the Mardi Gras Gumbo party, um, the annual party that KNON hosts. Um, what a fun, fun event and lots of food to choose from. Um, but I do want to note that if you, if you go the Elite Music Sponsor route, you can now, um, as part of your pledge, um, sponsor a KNON PSA. So you can record an announcement um, supporting your favorite nonprofit on the air, and it will play on the air. Um, so it'll run for one month. Um, in the format of your choosing. So if you wanted to do it on Lambda Weekly and on the other talk shows, we could, uh, it would be included there. Um, and so you can you know, tell other people about good causes that you support as part of being a KNON Elite Music Sponsor. So um, I would check it out if, if, if I were you. It's a wonderful uh, way to give back to the community, give to support KNON and Lambda Weekly, uh, but also to be out there at fun, fun events with whoever you choose to put on the list with you. And we are talking to Carter Brown and Cosette Cosary from uh, Black Trans Advocacy. Um, <clears throat> you have a conference coming con up. Thank you. Words aren't Use coming words. out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you have a conference coming up soon. Um, and I wanted to 
talk, go back to the youth because, um, you know, we know that all LGBT youth is at higher risk. They're very vulnerable for suicide, violence, being um, put out by their parents. Um, but I think out of all that, T, the transgender youth, is probably the most at risk. Mm -hmm. um, I want to talk particularly about the, uh, the black community. And I don't want to, you know, blanket an entire group of people that I'm part of also. Um, but generally, they are seen as more homophobic. Mm -hmm. um, you know, probably the most famous black trans uh, youth person that I know is the trans daughter of Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade. Mm -hmm. um, and whenever there's a story posted about her, um, if you go read the comments, they're usually on like uh, uh, black websites. They're horrid. Mm -hmm. They're absolutely horrid. I have to quit reading them. Um, so I wanted to know what has it been like? Or do you even have a lot of black trans youth? Who, who come to the conference or that are involved and what has been the reception like for their black parents? Mm -hmm. Well, that's another thing that we're super excited about bringing the parent track to uh, BTAC for this year because we're um, creating space for the parents of those black trans youth um, as well as space for parents like myself who are black trans and raising children. Um, which has, you know, uh, another side mm -hmm. of things. And so, but I know as a trans adult that it can be very, very hard as a trans child and just, again, just not having community. I struggled as an adult in finding where I, where I uh, had social acceptance um, and navigating, um, you know, the, the social structures for my own economic stability. And so for a trans youth at a time that, for us all, you're so impressionable and so influential in um, the struggle for identity and not only just who you are, but where you fit in. And when you have the law of the land telling you that you shouldn't exist and it's wrong that you exist, and if anybody that supports you, even your parents, were to, you know, um, to support you in who that you feel that you are, then everybody's going to be penalized. Mm -hmm. That has to be excruciatingly, you know, depressing, I would imagine, for a trans youth. And as you stated, even more so for a black trans youth. Um, of all the parents that have reached out to us as parents of black trans youth, they generally weren't black parents. You know, Interesting. So, you know, just even just to have the support, the parental support in the black community um, for a trans youth has shown to be very, very challenging and something that we need to see more of so that black parents will know that it is OK uh, to support their child. Um, and that they're not alone. And that they're not alone. Absolutely. I, I think that makes it easier to support your child knowing you're not mm -hmm. alone. And this is our first year launching this this different track mm -hmm. uh, to accommodate this the intersectionality of identities in this community. And so a lot of times the way we kickstart our tracks is by inviting people to the space, finding community advocates mm -hmm. within the space that people are familiar with so they can come and hear stories and share information. Then we're going to provide socialization opportunities for these groups. And in those socialization opportunities is where we get their feedback right. on how we can grow the program better next year for mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. So this year, the way that we kind of have structured the program is we see trans parents and parents of trans youth coming to the BTAC conference that Friday. 
or that Thursday and then Friday participating in these workshops and then on Saturday being able to come to our family reunion day that we do. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of things that we do at the conference, we have both like a empowerment working workshop session, but then we have to have those socialization opportunities to mm -hmm. team build and build community. So throughout the conference, we have an array of events. And so that's just one way that we're incorporating our parents this year and we're hoping like with most of our the evolution of our conferences each year we learn something that okay society's shifting this way or our communities are shifting this way what knowledge do we need to provide next year and that's how we structure our workshops see but you're using the word knowledge and all of the anti-trans garbage that's going on in every legislature across the country isn't based on science it's not based on fact it's not based on what we've learned it's not based on what people want um, just this whole thing with parents is we believe that parents should be able to have some say over what their children who they are what they do and yet not if you're trans then all of a sudden we think we should take that away from you. Well, I would, I would go even further than that. I'm being polite. Okay. Because I, <laughs> I, I think there's a whole host of parents out there who are like, parents need to be empowered to do all these things. But what they're really saying is I need to be empowered to control your kid and, right. and decide what your kid reads right. and decide what your kid um, is doing with their life, um, not just their own kid. And I think a lot of trans parents out there are out there. I'm sorry, I'm concerned about my child mm -hmm. and my child's health care, my child's well-being. Um, and just like every other parent out there, my, my child's history. I want my child to learn about their own history when they go to public school and not be denied that. Um, and, and so I think there's, there's, there are those who are looking out for their families and their children in a really earnest way. And then there are those that want to go way beyond their own family and their own children and control other other kids and other families and i so and I it's also put it out there it, and it's also really hypocritical well these same people were yelling it's child abuse to make my kid wear a simple mask during the, in the middle of a pandemic well when they could possibly get sick or get other people get other people sick but now and and uh legislatures gave in and said okay you don't have to but now, now you're, in, and, and they did all of this in the name of, it's my choice, let me do what I want with my own child. Okay, now you're infringing on other parents' rights who are doing what they think is best medically for their trans children. And they're like, no, well, you, you can't do that. We can do this, but you can't do that. The, the overreach is just incredible. It's, it's not about liberty and freedom of course anymore. It's not. And it's certainly not about trans kids. This is about lashing out at people who are who've been pushed to the margins of society always mm -hmm. and um and wanting to eliminate them i mean look at you know i'm going to rant for a second but um Never. you know in, in terms of a woman's reproductive freedom it's not enough that they say well you can't have um, an abortion in this state we're going to chase you to the border right and we're going to see if you're pregnant if you're trying to cross the border into another state and if you like, leave pregnant you better come back pregnant yeah i mean it's it's like it's not enough that they take care of their own kids and their own families and their own uteruses. Um, they they want to reach out and control all the others out there, too. And that's, that's just not where free people go. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And we're all free. And um, I'd love to see. I mean, a lot of people um, would say, oh, I don't. Over the years, I've heard this a lot from people who are pretty clueless. So well, I don't see trans people anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I, well, you know, <laughs> you know what? You, you go to, you work with them. You go to school with them, you shop in the grocery store with them, you fill up your gas with them, and you don't see them because, you know what, they're just living their lives. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know? We're trying to. Well, yeah. we talk about visibility. Like, I want to say 10 years ago, people didn't know right. because so many people lived in stealth or in fear of coming out, and there wasn't support in their communities to feel safe enough to come out. And as much as I don't like this person, this person really changed like the way visibility looked, Caitlyn Jenner changed trans visibility from a national perspective because people could then say, well, I know who Caitlyn Jenner is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or as before, they didn't know necessarily the Carters living in their lives, like mm-hmm. because people weren't as visible. And then Caitlyn's visibility kind of skyrocketed other people to be able to feel safe enough to come out and say, well, I'm also trans. I support this. I support this. And See, in Carter's case, Carter has a beard. He can't be trans. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. The flip side of the coin we never talk about, right? Um, but, yeah, that's that's the thing, David, but just speaking to, um, you know, visibility in, in the trans community, I, I think, you know, Caitlyn Jenner is a great example of how, bec- in my opinion, anyone who is not a white male has to prove why they should be equal. And they've socially fought for that over time, whether it be women's rights. Um, for me as a black person, the whole trans eraser thing is all too familiar. Not wanting to integrate our kids in the schools, not wanting to you know, acknowledge citizenship, not wanting to allow marriage. These are all things that my black identity and, and ancestry has already fought for. So, you know, as a trans person, I'm still black first. You know, and so I'm, I'm very, um, I'm, I'm, I'm mag, I'm, I have a attachment um, overall just to fighting for my humanity um, and a passion for that innately. And so when we talk about adding on the trans identity, um, you know, that just comes with the territory for me. And, it, and, it, and I feel that I have some tools in my advocacy box because of being a black person um, that I'm able to advocate and have a level of resilience um, when we talk about changing laws and changing hearts and changing minds and knowing that change happens um, or starts here with us, you know, people like us that just have conversations about it. So, so what do you think of this um, crazy episode that's happening in Florida with You're listening to um, this complete denial by the governor and the director of education um, that there is no such thing as intersectionality? That there is the, 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 the AP Amer- African American Studies course should not have any queer anything in it because there's not black and queer. I mean, it, it, it to me, I, I was just laughed when I first heard that. I was just like, "Are you serious?" I mean, go, go ahead, Carter. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that that's <coughs> that defies the simple understanding that most of us have now is that 
you know, your your sex and your gender are two different things. Everybody has a sex. Everybody has a gender. Everybody has a race. These are all of our intersectionalities. Right. Albeit, you know, a social structure that we've created for ourselves. These are the, the identities that are in place that we, you know, adopt or identify with on a personal basis. You mean Patty and I have a race? <laughs> <laughs> Looks like it. Huh. And uh, a sexual orientation and a gender right, identity. Right, right, <laughs> We are just about out of time. Uh, it is Pledge Drive here at KNON. If you will go online to knon.org and hit the Pledge Now button, a whole list of pledge premiums will come up. And uh, the first page just asks your basic information, name, address, phone number, and an email address, uh, and then what pledge premium you want. The second page is where you pay it. It's confusing because you think, ooh, I haven't paid it. Where's that supposed to go? It's on the second page, but real easy to do. That just wants the credit card number and uh, the other stuff that you put in with a credit card. Um, it, it verifies it in, in seconds, and it's easy to make a pledge to KNON. And a, and a quick feature that's been like new new to us for a while is you can do a monthly pledge on a on your credit card now. Um, it used to be we had to do only a bank draft, but mm -hmm. you can do a recurring monthly charge if you'd like to continue to support KNON every month. Um, we can certainly do that. And you can do that online and set it up, and it's um, it's easy and it's quick. And Carter and Cosette, thank you so thank much you for being here. Thank you all very much. Yes, thank Good you. to see you. Thank you for having us. And, be and best of luck on your on your conference. Um, that sounds exciting. Um, April, say the dates again. April twenty four, uh, <laughs> April twenty fifth through the thirtieth. Uh, BTAC.blacktrans.org. Awesome. Fantastic. Mm -hmm.